Fueled by Temperance Spirits, Edmonton's leading non-alcoholic beverage provider. Order online for doorstep delivery. Welcome back to Game Over Edmonton, your local leader in post-game Oilers analysis. In this episode, it's fueled by Temperance Spirits, the city's leading non-alcoholic beverage provider. Visit Temperance online for a curated section of non-alcoholic options. Choose from a variety of craft beers, mocktails, wines, and spirits. Temperance isn't just a retailer. It's a community of Edmontonians who celebrate the spirit of socializing without the need for alcohol. And with Temperance Spirits online shop, ordering your favorite non-alcoholic bevies right to your door is as easy as Connor scoring the winning goal. You can find our partners at Temperance online at www.temperance-spirits.com for delivery to your door. And use the code SDPN for 10% off your order at checkout. And give them a follow on Instagram and Facebook at Temperance Spirits. Yo, 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 yo. What is up? What is up? What is up? Game over. Edmonton is on the air. And what? Wait. 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 Sebastian, the Edmonton Oilers, they won. They won. That is a big old-fashioned W. Oilers fans. I know you forgot about these, but tonight, Edmonton got a big fat W. Knocking off the Seattle Kraken, 4-1. to It's your boy, Avery Lewis McDougal, here in the host chair tonight with our old pal, the one, the only, Sebastian Jackson from Smart, from Smart Scouting Hockey and the third intermission podcast. Seb, what's going on, player? Welcome back to the show, buddy. Oh, thanks for having me again. I'm happy to be here. No, of course. And those who forgot, Sebastian was robbed of the Pew Magazine's um, top 100 people, people list for beautiful faces in the world. Patrick Dempsey, Rob Sebastian. It's a tragedy. A, a dang shame, isn't it, Sebastian? Yeah, you know what? It was very narrow this year. Like I said, I lost like four pounds. Uh, did a little shave job. Um, you know, I've been taking my insulin and I've actually been taking the insulin in my butt. So I'm packing some cake. And uh, yeah, I uh, finished a close second. Uh, you know, I'm just going to put in work next year, maybe eat a little less pasta and we'll see. <laughs> oh my God. You know, we will see. We will see. And tonight, what have you won? Talk about the girls tonight. If you see, you're rocking your Orlando jersey. You're, you're on brand. You're supporting Game Over Edmonton. You're supporting our, our view audience tonight with this victory. I like to see that. Yeah, you know, and uh, it's one of those things where, you know, we all watched the other day because the NHL is more fun when it's chaotic. But, you know, tonight's one of those nights where you just kind of hope things settle down and, and you hope for the best. And, uh, you know, I might not be a direct fan of the team, but uh, I love a lot of pieces that they got there. So, yeah, show my support. Nah, fair enough. And Edmonton tonight gets a big 4-1 victory over the Kraken. It's a game in which this game starts off, Sebastian, which we all know the narrative how Edmonton needs more scoring. They need more scoring from the top guns, from the depth. And what do they get tonight? The game starts off with not one, not two. But three Zach Hyman goals. A natural hat trick in the first period. I saw Zach Hyman, Sebastian, going to the net, getting aggressive. That's what this team needed. His game tonight, oh, A-plus for me from Zach Hyman, Sebastian. Yeah, this was, I mean, you know, ever since he became an Edmonton Oiler, he's done nothing but 
put up points. Um, and not that he wasn't doing that in Toronto, but you know he's given a, a larger opportunity here, more more rope, if you will. But uh, yeah, puts up a hat trick in the first period, uh, and it was a gritty hat trick. It wasn't you know goals that were easy to come by. He was digging. He was in the trenches. He was he was everything that they needed tonight. And um, you know it's. Anytime you can get a hat trick out of somebody who doesn't wear 97 or 29, it's a, it's a good day. So absolutely. A, a, a big Zach Hyman guy. Uh, happy for him. Happy for the team. No, of course. And, well, and, and the team in which Zach Hyman is one of the more beloved oils on this roster. He's someone this team gets behind. This team loves to see him succeed. And for the record, those of you watching tonight, you may notice my setup is, is a little bit different. No, I'm not in Alberta. I'm in Toronto tonight. So Doing a show that starts at almost 1 a.m., it's throwing me off entirely. It is throwing me off so much. Sebastian, I don't know you guys do this stuff every night to watch a game that ends. Like, I, it, it's throwing my schedule off, Sebastian. It really is. <laughs> uh, yeah, it, it, it will do that. Um, I kind of like it, especially on Saturday nights. It's something about watching. Um, and, I mean, you know me. I don't, I don't just watch my team. I watch, you know, 10, 12 teams as much as I possibly can. But uh, I, I like the late games. It's something about a Saturday night late game that still resonates with me. You know what I mean? It's it's I, I've loved staying up for them. Um, gives you a different perspective, uh, you know, with the TV crews. And uh, yeah, I it, but it will get you. It, it, it's funny that we're doing an Oilers postgame show and we're like 52 kilometers away from each other. So, <laughs> right. It is so funny. And in that first period, I mentioned Zach Hyman. Sebastian, watching this Oilers pressure, like watching the same pressure, they had 17 shots on net against the Kraken. And when you're a team that's desperate for a win, a team in which you hear all the rumblings about jobs in the line, this is a team that, to me, it looked like they were a team playing for Jay Woodcroft. They came up motivated. You saw all the lines rolling. You saw chances in front of Philip Grubauer. This is a team who knew that, hey, it's getting late early. And you got to find a way to get some points early. And you got to find a way to get aggressive against a cracking team that is no slouch in your own right in, in this division, Sebastian. Yeah, it's, I mean, even moving off of this game too and through uh, next week, like this mm-hmm. team's still going to be under a microscope. So um, it was nice to see. And here's the thing like, I, I'm not going to be, you know, too heavily critical on them because a win's a win. They don't ask how, they ask how many. But, you know, with, with Jay Woodcroft, we all know he's a good coach. And it was nice to see most of the guys step up and, you know, put their play uh, on the ice and, and let that do the talking. But, you know, it's it's one of those things where it still looks like, you know, some guys out there aren't, uh, aren't given the full effort. Um, it looks like some guys are still hurt. And, I mean, I, I think it's – I feel pretty confident in saying one of those guys, especially is hurt right now. Um, but you know, it's, it's one of those wins where they didn't have to to rely on their top line. Um, they weren't, you know, it wasn't power play. You weren't getting three or four goals on the power play. It was, was, it was a gritty first period and they really did come out. They, they let up a bit, but that first period, that's how they got to keep coming out. That's how like that. They got to extend that 20 minutes over 60 mm-hmm. and, you know, we'll see if they have the personnel to do it. But yeah, you know what? I'm very happy um, that Jay Roadcroft is going to live 
another day here. I'm very happy that uh, Manson's going to live another day here because at the end of the day, too, it's not just these coaches that that are going to get changed. Like we saw earlier last week, we saw Rachel Dory tweet out uh, that, you know, maybe now is the time that you start to look at making moves um, around your core. And, you know, if another couple losses, you might have to start exploring that. I think now's the time. But as of right now, they got the win. Uh, they made Seattle look even when Seattle was making a push later in the game, they made Seattle look like uh, an AHL team. <laughs> like yeah. it wasn't, it wasn't even close. Like even, even when, like I said, even when they were when when Seattle was generating pressure late in the, or late in the game, it didn't seem like Edmonton let their foot off the pedal enough to allow them back into the game. But yeah, it was, I don't know if you're Seattle, you can't show up and play six minutes of hockey. No, exactly. And there was a game in which, and this is, this is a good team. This is a team with good weapons. We've seen this team before be one of the more balanced offenses in the NHL, going back to even the first year in the league. And they got pretty much nothing on Stuart Skinner for the first 40 minutes. We saw that his own entries were challenged. We saw Vincent Darnay really deny entries at the blue line. This is a game in which Seattle looked ordinary, and Edmonton really looked like the team we thought they were going to be, for the most part. A team that would come into a um, Seattle make themselves hard to play against and the one thing we mentioned we touched on just now is McDavid and Drysdale and it's clear McDavid still is not 100% this is a mm. guy who of course he'll never say it like Connor McDavid could be missing his head and you'll ask him Connor you good yep he will not tell you he's hurt he will not tell you he's limited but after the oblique injury he still looks Sebastian like he's playing at maybe at most 65%. That is not a Carmen David we've come to see, we come used to, who can take over a game on a moment's notice. We're not, you haven't seen that yet, really, at all this year. Yeah, he's... There's there's a few people who can write this ship, um, and his skill is one of them. And I don't blame him for not taking himself out of the lineup. Like, you know, if we're, if we're talking about my favorite team, of course, I'd like my star player to be 100%. And I'm not super comfortable with them, you know, trying to play it out, especially 20, 25 minutes a night. Here's the thing. And this isn't a shot at the Oilers. It's just, you know, I've made sure. I think people are aware that I'm not a Ken Holland fan. Is 60 to 65% of McDavid better than what's going to come up from Bakersfield? Like, it's, it's. It's one of those things where it's like even McDavid at 65% is better than the next guy who's only going to come in to play maybe eight or 10 minutes. Now it gives somebody like Hyman or, mm-hmm. or uh, you know, Evander or a couple other guys, it gives them a shot at the very yeah. top line. But, you know, it's Edmonton's issues. A lot of them have been, you know, lack of depth. Um, so if you're McDavid, you're like, oh, well, I am the best option, even if I'm 60 to 65%. But yeah, you can see he's out there kind of going through the motions. I feel like he he gets on his motor once or twice, and then he'll call it a shift. Um, and I don't know. I, I should have looked this up before. I don't know if his line's getting outscored at five on five right now, but like I imagine it's pretty close to even, which, hey, you want him producing, but the same time if 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 you're not allowing anything while his lines on the ice it's you know run with it 
Exactly. And this is a game in which, again, you know, and you mentioned, and, and of course, Leon Drysaddle. Something about Leon Drysaddle is, I just think right now he's a snake bin because we see that one timer, which over the many years has been dangerous. We see him near the faceoff dot. And the oldest power play for a long time has been pick your poison because you can't stop. You can't stop McDavid and Drysaddle and Hyman and Bush. It's impossible. You, you can't do it all. But you're seeing a lot of times now, Drysaddle, the one timer, he hits the post. He hits that net. Something isn't clicking with that one time. Something just isn't clicking, and he hasn't scored. He scored now once in his past nine games. It's just an odd slump that you don't see Leon Dreisel fall into this even to his career very often, Sebastian. You just don't see it from Leon going this many games without scoring at all. No, and, and unfortunately, you know, when he's not going, and if McDavid's not going, then the like it's not going to be a super good time for the Oilers. But at the same time... um. You know, we know he's slumping. We know the team's kind of in a little bit of a slump here. Um, I don't want to be the team that he breaks out against. You know what I mean? Like, it, it's going to happen. Right. Um, I know that asking for patience from from a, a fan base who's, you know, rightfully frustrated. They don't know what tomorrow is going to bring. They don't know, you know, who's being called or talked about in trade talks. Like, there's... There's a lot of uncertainty in Edmonton right now, but the one thing that I am certain of is McDavid is going to get healthy and Dreisaitl is going to be back to scoring goals. Like, he has no business scoring. Um, you know, it, it, again, it's just, it is unfortunate that it all is happening at once. You know, it's 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 already hard when, you're, when your best players aren't producing or aren't healthy. And, you know, going through this and... You know, the media in Edmonton, they're not the easiest to deal with. So, um, you know, until the ship is right and Drysidle's back to being Drysidle, you know, it's, it's, it, it is what it is. But like I said, I don't want to be the team that he breaks out against because it couldn't, it can come tomorrow. But yeah, there, there does seem to be something off. Maybe it's a split second in his shift because, or in his shot because, you know, as we've seen with uh, a lot of these skaters that can shoot the puck in ways that physically don't make any sense to us, um, you know, one second makes all the difference. Half a second makes all the difference in the world. So his timing might just be off. His vision might be off, but he's going to figure it out. Like, absolutely, the one thing that Oilers should be excited about is once it's going, it's going to go. <laughs> And seeing Leon, he's the kind of guy where he can shake this off and watch him practice. He's the kind of guy where he demands perfection from himself at all times. And yeah, you're right, Sebastian. I don't want to be that team he breaks out against because when Drysdale breaks out, it's going to be a four or five point night where, where no one in the world can stop this man. It's going to be a scary night when he does finally break out. And someone who did score tonight, I mentioned him, Dylan Holloway. I, again, if you know me, you know of this show. I've been a big fan of his game since he came out of, out of Wisconsin. I love him getting to net, got rewarded again. And he's someone who works his bag off to try and make an impact. He gets in front of the net. He scores his first goal of the year. And again, like we mentioned that depth. Guys like Ryan Holloway, um, Ryan McLeod, these are guys who I want to see thrive in Edmonton and be that kid production group that can jumpstart this offense when need be. So I like the game tonight of Dylan Holloway and Ryan McLeod, guys who went to net and create havoc for this Seattle defense. Yeah, Holloway, had, he was very effective tonight. Um, 
I, I'm not necessarily the biggest fan, like fan of his timing uh, to fight, but mm. you know, so the thing about hockey is it's such a quick game that it, you know, was changing by the second. So, you know, it is what it is. Cause I felt that's when Seattle started to dig back in was about two minutes before. So I didn't really like that, but you know, he scored a goal. He, he was a little bit nasty today. He's, you know, he's not afraid to go in the corners. He's not afraid to take a few hits either. So it's it's one of those things where, you know, you, you put another two or three of him um, in the Oilers' bottom six, and, I mean, a lot of problems are solved, but he's going to be he's gonna be very good for Edmonton for a long time. And, you know, shout out Lauren Kelly, who loves him. Um, and same with Ryan McLeod. Like, uh, you know, he's he's somebody who... Excuse me. He's a hard worker. Um, I the points will come. Like I, I, it's 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 a little bit slow for him right now, but he's going to get ample time in the top six. Um, you know, there's there's going to be injuries further beyond you know McDavid, so he's going to have opportunity after opportunity. Um, and he is again just a, another guy who's not afraid. Uh, to go into the dirty areas, he's not afraid to mix it up. He's got he's got a wicked shot. I wish he'd use it more. Um, but you know when he's in that top six, he's not the shot option. <laughs> so, um, but yeah, those those are two guys. Those are two very good guys who you know. And, and for a team that that does lack some depth, um, you know, having having those guys beyond the Hymans, the Canes, the McDavid's, and the Drysidels is is you know is very good. Oh, of course, you mentioned shot like that's the one thing I want to see the young guys a bit more is get pucks on net. Don't be afraid to shoot. Don't be afraid to shoot the like that's the big thing that you've seen analysts stress. That's the one thing that Jay Woodcroft wants to see more young guys not being afraid to shoot. Because he's Jay's always said for like if you're in the top six, we want you shooting that puck more. Don't defer as much to 97, 29, or even 93. Take your chances. We see before. This year alone, you get pucks on net, things get going. Great example. You see, we see Evan Bouchard getting shots on net. He's had a good, he's had a good offensive run. Even Harris Class, Vincent Dernay, Vincent Dernay gets a shot on net, gets his first career NHL goal. We, you never know what could happen if you just get a puck on net through traffic and see these young guys get some confidence to shoot and know that hey, I don't, ha- I shouldn't always just defer to 97, 29, or even again, Eugene Hopkins, Vander Kane. Like, this coaching staff is trusting these guys to put pucks on net. That's a good thing in my mind that Jay Woodcroft leaves these guys to shoot a little bit more. Yeah, and that's that's kind of, that's how Edmonton should be, you know, running out their lines. Like, the one thing that I haven't been the biggest fan of the last number of years is they bring in, you know, some solid pieces to, to finish out that bottom six there. And, like, I'm not going to pick on him too much, but Fogel's a – an example of of a guy who does have offense, but he doesn't know how to use it effectively. And you know they bring these guys in, and it just it doesn't work out as well. But you know you you bring in somebody like a, a vet like Sam Gagne, he's going to shoot everything because he's been. Mm-hmm. That's that's what the plan should be: is put whatever you can on net because Edmonton is a, like it's a high flying offense. Like you can't have two offensive lines and then two lines that are just, you know, five guys skate and run. Can't do that. Um, put everything on net 
have your your net foot every line has a net front presence you know search for the rebound i don't know you just they need they needed more out of their bottom six and getting stuff uh from from holloway from cloud from uh sam gagne like they're they just that's what they needed they needed depth they need to roll four lines and you know tonight's one of those nights where kind of that secondary tier of scores they they got on the score sheet and were rewarded so um you know we'll see we'll see what happens but i i again it's hard to pick on on a team that just won four to one and, <laughs> and limited the other i think seattle had less than 20 shots so yeah it was a it was a relatively quiet night for Stuart skinner who as we know was are now going with Stuart Skinner as the number one goaltender with the, the motion of Jack Campbell to Bakersfield. It was Skinner and Chip and Calvin Pickard tonight. You know, I didn't mind. I didn't mind Stuart's play tonight. I thought Stuart, when Colin made some big saves, I know in the first period he made a big save with Yanni Gore. He was cutting towards the nets. And I, I'm i not as down on Stuart Skinner as others are. I know, I know it's a good way to have the big debate in our group chat on SCPN over Stuart Skinner. And I'm still a big believer in Stuart Skinner. I'm I'm very much here. I believe in that. It's a little bit of a sophomore jinx. He will figure his game out because we saw him last year as a rookie play brilliantly when called upon, when Jack Campbell needed help. I believe in Stuart Skinner finding his game and turning things around. Now, will he need a break eventually? Sure. I think you'll see some of Cal Pickard pretty soon here. But I believe that Stuart Skinner will turn things around in his second year as a, being a true star in his league. So. I think that he should have been... He shouldn't have been, you know, second to Jack Campbell for that little stretch there. Like, I, I got a lot of good things to say about Stewart, but I'll, I'll start with the goaltending overall. Like, you're well aware of this because you're, you know, you're up to date with us mm. on Twitter. But, like, every Leaf fan warned Oilers and Oilers on Twitter months before, like a month before the signing, that this was a bad idea. I recall. Um, <laughs> you no, know, it's... It's it was one of those things where you know obviously we were happy because he was winning some games in Toronto, but you know the defense was playing lights out most nights. He was, you know, always in his head mentally. I just really glad that they didn't lock him up to term and money. But you know, Holland ignored all the warning signs like he has with many moves, um, and did it and did it and. You know, Stuart Skinner, he had a really good year last year. I I, I honestly thought that um, he would win Rookie of the Year uh, because, you know, goaltending is a much harder position. Um, in this year, he has struggled. But, you know, there's a lot of outside noise in Edmonton. Uh, there's a lot of pressure. Um, and I know and I know that the players, you know, they're not up reading the Sunday column every, every week. But you know again that's that's a it's a it's a hard media market and um you know goalies are goalies are weird uh but <laughs> so i always true. knew he 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 was always going to he was always going to rebound too like people don't give up on him he's only what 25 26 yeah, he's, he's still young he's he's going to grow with this team however longer the window stays open if it's still open um you know, I guess we're not going to really have any answer on that for a little bit. But, um, no, I, I like him. I, I would take him on my team right away. Um, 
I, I definitely, with the names that are being thrown out there as like potential rumors, like a Jordan Bennington, yeah, I'm not, I'm not selling anything for him. Uh, I think Stuart Skinner has a has a has a better future in front of him than Bennington, and people can point to the cup and whatever. And that St. Louis team was was very good, uh, and he had a good stretch there, but uh, he kind of sucks. Um, I like Stuart Skinner much better. I think he's gonna he's gonna go on a little bit of a stretch here. Those numbers will climb, and hopefully he can close the door enough that you don't have to rely on Pickard for more than a couple of games. You know, he's a that was a great prospect once upon a time. Yes, he was. And he's a he's a he's a great person, but um, no, no. <laughs> Yeah, you know, I I think there eventually will be a trade for a goaltender. I'm I'm just not sure. With me. I know I've heard the Bennington news. I'm not sure it's gonna be Jordan Bennington. I know we also heard uh, Jake Allen's been in there. They've acquired other goalies, but I don't think it's gonna be Jordan Bennington. I mean, I mean, he's had moments. He's had moments where he can be a good goaltender. But Jordan Bennington in 2023, like I just don't know if that's the guy you need right now. If that's the guy who's gonna lead you. I've never really been a big Bennington guy, so like when I hear the name, it's like I I just don't see the fit really having to join Bennington, to be honest with you. Well, and it's a money in, money out thing too, because like there's no reason for St. Louis, unless you're gonna attach a bunch of prospects and picks to it, there's no reason for St. Louis to pick up uh Jack Campbell's contract. Um, because I, I don't think that the team's hoping he rebounds. I think that they're ready to move on they're ready to just say hey skinner's our guy and we can't have this you know five million dollar anchor kicking around um but um you know if you can find a way to offload him and jake out Al- jake allen I-, I like jake allen i think um you know he's somebody who on most nights in montreal is is a shining star even if you're watching the games or they're losing five two five three um, you know, there's some goals that you can fault him for, but you know, when the whole team isn't playing good, uh, it's not pretty. And unfortunately, you know, that's the only thing that's getting showcased from him. But he's a cost, he's cost efficient, he makes 3.8 this year, 3.8 next year. And it's a guy that can give you 40 games, like 40 games for 3.8. If you can get league average out of him, you're laughing because then your your goaltending cost comes down. Um, and you can allocate whatever money you save on the cap elsewhere. But you definitely have to find somebody that will take Campbell back because I, I don't see too many teams that are just going to at a rush to Edmonton saying, hey, we'll take him even for like a first round pick because that's still, you know, there's still three years. There's still a lot of money owed on it or four years, I think, parts of four years. So it's. It's one of those things, and and the thing is, is he's at an age right now where, um, you know, he's thirty two, I believe. So we don't know if he's gonna, because that's kind of how his career went. Like he he found a resurgence back in Toronto, mm. but it ended kind of as quick as it started, and it hasn't been a pretty twenty four twenty five months for him. So 
you know, it's it's one of those things where, you know, he might not get it back. And a team's not going to invest millions of dollars into that, even if you attach that first or you attach that top prospect. But if you can find somebody to take that off and you get Campbell or sorry, you get Jake Allen on your books, then, you know, it's not it's not an earth shattering move. I know that that name isn't as sexy as like UC Soros or, you know, whatever, even even a Jordan Bennington. Like I, I like the name Bennington is a little sexier than than Jake Allen right now. But, um, you know, you're not you're not asking for a goalie to come in and put up a 930. You'd like to. But if you can just get somebody who can come in and put up a an a nine oh five, McDavid and and company will outscore that problem all day. Um, it's it kind of leads to the question now too, because as much as you know, we're talking about you know Stuart Skinner needs the net. He needs the net. They gotta stick with him right now, especially when it comes to his confidence in the future. If you work with but, PDFs at all, you know now that we know that Edmonton is is cap strapped severely. Like, yeah, they're they're know, up against it in a major way right now. <laughs> yeah, I, I don't I don't even think they have like a hundred thousand dollars on the cap that they can use. So they I don't think that they can call anybody up. Um, well, I guess you get a little bit of relief from from Campbell, but you know at the end of the day is is moving off of him and adding you know one of these one of these goalies on the market that can come in and be a stopgap is that is that going to solve all the problems i don't think so like I, I think that we're pointing to campbell and he he needed to be better and, and stewart needed to be better like we can point to them and say hey we really need a goalie but there's still some issues on defense that i think need cleaned up and you know getting forward depth that can you know, put up even just a few extra goals a year so that the team isn't constantly, you know, relying on top six or power play. Um, you know, that's that's another area that they need. But they, most of all, I think the most important thing they need is they need some wiggle room because there's always the opportunity that something could fall in your hands at the deadline that you didn't think was a possibility. No, that's, that's totally true. And We'll have more. We'll have more content for you here on Game of Edmonton. We'll have some more chats. We'll get to your questions and comments. But first, a word from our sponsor. The NHL season's heating up, and there's never been a better time to get in on the action. Whether you're looking to hammer home and Leon Drysaddle anytime goal, or ride the puck line with the Edmonton Oilers, our partners at Sign Up Expert want to make sure you're ready to sweat your bets with one of the best. Sign Up Expert is hooking up our listeners with one of the newest sports books available in Canada, Batano. Batano is home to some of the best odds when it comes to betting on the NHL and offers unique markets, including virtual soccer and basketball. All you have to do to get started is scan that QR code on your screen or click the link in the description to register and place your first bet. If you thought Jack Campbell ending up on waivers was the best surprise of the season so far, wait until you try Batano. You heard the man. Don't walk. Run to check out Botano today. Scan that QR code or hit the link in the description below to get started. Start sweating your bets with the best. And always remember to bet responsibly and within your means. Viewers must be 19 plus to sign up for Botano. And we're back. Game over Edmonton. Your boy Avery here. Drew Hill calls player Sebastian Jackson here on the, on the show with me. <laughs> Orlers win 
4-1 over the Seattle Kraken and Sebastian wanted to put on one thing. We mentioned this lead. Edmonton hung on to the lead. Like this is a team they hung on against the Seattle Kraken team above them. And that's the one thing. Like this this oldest team, aside from the one goal, Sebastian, didn't really break. Like that's the big thing we've seen about Edmonton in battles in games this year in which you see this team crack. You see this team break. They didn't crack against the LCL Kraken. That's what I loved. Even though, yes, they could have made, they could have made this game 5 or 6-1. They could have added that lead. This team defensively did not slack too much and give Seattle too many options or too many chances to get back into this game beyond that one goal, which I, I appreciated in this team tonight. Yeah, they, uh, Edmonton's defense didn't, again, I, I believe that had under 20 shots for, yep. for Seattle tonight. Um, now, they did get a lot of time in the Ozone I, I, last time I checked. It was early in probably mid-second when I looked. Um, but the thing is, is Edmonton's defense did a very good job of keeping them to the outside. So they weren't getting clear shots, uh, you know, close to the net. Um, nothing high danger. Even the goal that they scored on was – it was what it was. Yeah. I wasn't overly impressed. But – yeah, they held on. Defense did their job. I thought Ekholm looked great. I thought um, Kulak looked awesome. Like I, there was, it was a, it was a complete effort from the back end. It, it, again, my my only issue with the game was I would have liked to see more contributions from the forwards because um, you you didn't really notice twelve forwards or eleven forwards that they ran with tonight. You didn't you notice three or four and. Not saying that everybody else was a passenger because you know they they still allowed uh, only one goal today, but I think that this team just needs to start playing a full sixty, all four lines. Um, this was a game that that Edmonton did they did let their their foot off the pedal because shots after one, I think they only had 10, 10 more shots between the next two periods. So. Um, you know, it's a it's a good win. Uh, that's and they won it the right way. Like they, they didn't rely on their top two players. They didn't rely on the power play. Like I said, Hyman was right there in the trenches. Those were dirty goals. Those were those were goals that he was digging for. And it's not like he came out of there untouched. He took a couple whacks. Yeah, uh, yeah, man. He had a, it was a, it was a great game, a very good game. No, of course. And now Edmonton. Upcoming schedule, they're taking on Islanders, cracking again to seven home. Then they got Tampa. They got three games in which, again, you're you're 31st in the league. You're struggling in terms of overall standings, but you have three tests again in terms of the out the Islanders, Lightning, and the cracking once again. These are three games you're coming. You got to find a way to at worst. Only one point in one of these games. You got to find a way to get six or five points in these three games coming up here now, with um, with them back at home now. Yep. Yeah. It's. Uh, I think this is going to be the really telling stretch right here. Um, they. Uh, and I think that th that that's best, especially when they're trying to judge what's going on. I think. Um, you know, you give this a couple more games, you win one, and then you see how they take off from here. You allow McDavid the chance to get better. Um, 
you know, I'm not going to sit here and say they need to take six of the next points or uh, six of the next eight points or, or eight of the next 10. Uh, of course, you want to see them win as much as you can, but it's just they need to be in games. They need not to be coughing up late leads. Um, and, you know, they're like I said, we're going to need that depth scoring, especially against team like the Islanders who don't play uh, anything outside of defense. Um <laughs> Those are those are those are games that McDavid and and Drysaddle. That's where you need to rely on your stars. But at the end of the day, um, yeah, there's there's a couple games coming up. You know, Tampa hasn't really been super hot this year. There's a chance to 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 beat them. That's a, a confidence booster because they're you know they're always one of the superior teams in the league. Um, it's every day is a new opportunity right now and i'm excited to see where they take it uh i'm super excited that jay woodcroft is still going to be the coach um i think uh i think i, I think that this is going to be a good week for edmonton it's going to be very telling um i wouldn't people keep talking about a panic move or, or a trade or or whatnot but no leave leave things the way they are right now let them let them cook and see where they where they can get to and for the love of God, everybody, please stop talking about, you know, oh, the St. Louis Blues did this. They were like five points out of a playoff spot when they turned around and won the cup. Like, it's a horrible example. Like, don't do that. You know, Edmonton, take it one day at a time. Um, you know, even even if the next week doesn't go as planned, if we, if we'd all be kidding ourselves if we think that this is their last kick at the can of winning a cup. This was a, a year that they were going to push for it, but um, – now it's it's instead of looking too far in the future, they just got to take this one day at a time and, and get healthier, um, get back to playing Edmonton Oilers hockey. Because right now, I mean, even tonight, it, it again, awesome win, but it wasn't it didn't feel like an Edmonton Oilers victory. You know what I mean? Yeah, no, I, I totally see what you mean, Sebastian. You mentioned how one game at a time, like great. I mean, like great example is how some, some people, some people, not saying all, but some people might see. Tampa not being that juggernaut out of the gate, and some people might try, some people might look past them, but this is still a team with Nikita Kucherov, Steven Stamkos. That is still a very good team. Don't let them be near 500 fool you. That is how you get caught. That, that's a trap game in my mind. You get caught and think Tampa is hovering above 500. They're still not a team that can find a way to get a win. So seeing this, seeing them play up to the level of the Tampas and New Yorks who aren't are aren't juggernauts right now. Are still very good teams. It's gonna be a test. It's gonna see what they're made of. If they find a way to bring in some effort against Tampa and New York, like you did tonight against Seattle. Yeah, and and it's an opportunity to. The nice thing is, is even even though they're struggling right now, um, there's still the Edmonton Oilers are still a team that people fear because. As we mentioned earlier with with Leon, he's going to break out. Do you really want to be the team that he breaks out against? Because there, if there's anything is guaranteed moving forward, it's that. Yeah, McDavid's going to get healthy, and you know Hyman is. This might be the kickstart that he needed too. He wasn't playing bad all year, but after a season like last year, uh, you, you're starting to expect a little more, and Nuge is starting to look a little better too. So, like, there's a lot of pieces coming together. And, you know, people can sit there and say, "Oh, well, that's an easy game because they have no, no, no goaltender." But I mean, 
you blink and the Oilers can still put up six on you, no problem. That didn't disappear. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's at this point, it's just take things one day at a time. Um, you know, go out there and play for your coach because he's going to go to bat for you no matter what. And he has. He's he's going to go to bat for you. Uh, go out there and play for him. Go out there and play for yourself. Pad your stats. Like, it would have been awesome to see McDavid score 60 goals and 80 assists again. Um, and the crazy thing is that could still happen. Like, he, no he, one caught him, maybe. <laughs> he, he, he needs, like, three games, and then he's just right back there. Um, yeah, it's every, every day is a new opportunity. And buying time especially when teams like tampa are out there you know tampa they're not i don't i don't believe that they're right up against the cap but they have a lot of money committed to a lot of players like their core minus Stamkos is locked up there for forever so it's an opportunity to you know scout what other teams have that way when the time calls and you see, oh, well, they're trying to to move on from this player or this player's talked about or this player's talked about. It gives them an opportunity to be like, all right, well, you know, we ran over this team, but how did this player look on that team? And how would he look at our team? Because like I said, you know, every year something falls into somebody's lap at the deadline. Um, you know, I, I don't trust the GM in Edmonton anymore, but <laughs> never really have. Um, but hopefully... Hopefully Woodcroft is still there in a week and there's somebody else at the helm who will make the decision on the coaching staff who will find Edmonton those extra pieces that will push them further because no matter what, you know, we wake up tomorrow, we see what's in the standings. Uh, you know, Edmonton is still the Oilers. They're going to find a way to come back in here. They're going to score. We know that. And they're going to score in bunches. So, um, I know a lot of people, especially people in Eastern Canada, um, think that, oh, you know, everybody picked Edmonton to win the cup and people, I, I get it, but this is still the same team that everybody picked to win the cup. They just got to figure it out. Yeah, no, exactly. I, I think they will. There's still time to figure it out. I think they will. And before we go, we'll get to the press conference. Do you have any comments? Questions, concerns, want to hit on Sebastian, you know, let us know. Speak now. Remember, hold your peace in the comment section. He's a handsome man. So let us know now if you've got any, any comments before we wrap things up here. I know it's a, I know it's a Saturday night. I know people are out and about enjoying their Saturday nights. But why would you go out? You know, you should come, you should come home early, watch two brothers, break down a hockey game. You know, it's, it's better than going to a bar. It's better than going to a club, getting stuck in line. Cover charge now is 85 bucks per person. You know, stay home, watch some hockey talk. <laughs> no, I, uh, oh man, I don't even remember. I don't even remember what it's like going out at, at night anymore. Um, <laughs> you know, Adam and Adam and Steve will tell you, like, ever since I, you know, we had kids five, six years ago, <laughs> um, you're just in a constant state of exhaustion. So, you know, your Saturday nights are like, man, I, I just hope I make it to the third period. <laughs> um, oh, man. You know, I, I will say this. Um, you know, last year in the playoffs in the OHL, uh, I watched a lot of, of the North Bay Battalion. Mm-hmm. And um, 
oh god, what's his name? Petrov, Matvey. Matvey Petrov, yeah. Matvey Petrov, yeah. That's sorry, that slipped my head. I'm I'm need to take some insulin soon. <laughs> but uh, uh, no, Matvey Petrov. There, that's a that's a player who's on his way, and he's on his way quick. Um, just very elite offensively. Um, you know, it's people are going to look at Edmonton's system and say that there's not a lot of high quality there. Don't give up on him yet. He's going to be in Edmonton. That guy has a wicked shot. He's going to put up points on the power play. And he's kind of a monster, too. He's not afraid to to, to run you into the board. So, um, you know, for, for something to look forward to, there's that. Uh, you know, he might even be a piece that he can move at the deadline for for something bigger. But there's, there's prospects coming. Um, and, you know, like I said, I think once they get a, a new GM in here, um, you're going to see the vision change a lot from an old school to a younger generation thinking and that prospect pool and the Oilers are both going to be competitive. No, no, I agree. I see a comment here from Brampton OHL history, Ty Nelson, another battalion name, but with, with uh, Seattle. That's right. Hey, just, just, just want to throw that out here. Uh-oh. That's battalion fan right there. <laughs> Um, amazing yeah he um he's uh he he's coming up on a thousand ohl games that he's watched live but um no ty nelson yeah that's that's another guy like seattle here's the thing seattle's probably got one of the deepest prospect pool and we, and we don't need to talk about them too much it's oilers we keep it oilers uh you know if people got questions about you know prospects in the upcoming draft i'll be happy to answer too um seattle uh, underratedly they they took Shane Wright who's going to be a good player please don't slander the guy uh it wasn't his fault that Windsor got eliminated in four games cuz he was one of the only players trying <laughs> so they got Shane Wright they got Ty Nelson they got Carson Raycop in Kitchener who's probably going to score 60 goals this year in the OHL and still could come back for another year they've got Ty Nelson who might be arguably the best defenseman in uh junior hockey um and they built that they built that system over two three drafts so you know it's you just you just got to develop a new line of thinking like he i haven't really been a big fan of the oilers draft now they've hit it out of the park on some i think bouchard was was one of them uh but we all knew even when he was 14 that he was going to be very good um ryan mcleod we always knew was going to turn into a secondary piece um I'm not I'm not so hot on Nathan Day, who is playing in the OHL. He's starting to turn it around a little, but I think that that was a little bit of a reach. But, you know, goalies are they're, they're so hard to judge. Uh, you, you know, it's I've seen goalies in, in the CHL put up like an 870 save percentage and then all of a sudden they're a 915 in, in pro hockey. So we'll see. No, goaltending man, goaltending is such a it's it's to quote to quote Steve Dangle himself. Goal, goalies are voodoo. To quote one yeah. Steve Dangle on um, Blaine himself, he's mentioned that it's judging goaltenders no matter if it's the OHL, it's the like it's it's a tough thing to really judge. Again, for yourself, Sebastian being a scout, it's gotta be tough at times seeing a guy who yeah struggles in the OHL and he comes to NHL and like you know the guy is in an All Star game. <laughs> yeah, it's um, it's kind of crazy because. 
ever since the C like the CHL at one point had a, a rule where you couldn't you couldn't take import goalies, mm-hmm. which was weird. And that's when it started to go downhill. Like we're seeing we're seeing OHL goalies now. Um, you know, that'll put up 30, 40 wins a year, put up a 912, 915, like like above league average. And they don't even get a call from professional teams. They go right to school and then they go overseas. They make their money. You know, they come back home, have a family. Um, Figuring out which goalie has that it factor at 18 or 19 or 17 is so hard. Um, Because the crop already is watered down. Um, There's a few goaltenders in the OHL this year that I think uh, are going to get some notice. My fear is teams still want those goalies that are six, six, and we're starting, we're starting to see less of those, especially in Canada. We're starting to see less of those every year Um, because OHL teams just want the best goalie. They don't, they don't care if you're six feet tall or if you're six, six, they just, they want to succeed in net. Um, But goalies are, are so hard to read. Any scout will tell you it's, it's nearly impossible. That's why you don't see any that ever go in the first or second round. It's, you know, most most good goalies you see are like a fifth or sixth round pick. True. Oh, that is very true. And you know, I know. So it appears. So it appears there's no question in the, in the chat right now. And I, I get it. It's it's late. So I'll ask you, ask you one question, Sam. Who in your mind, every time watching these Oilers here, who do you think? But an educated guess is the is the underrated Oiler. Who's a guy you don't you feel deserves more love on this roster here this season? You think Sebastian? Oh, that's a good question. Um, you know, outside of outside of the coaching staff, because again, I like I think Jay Woodcroft might actually be my favorite coach in the NHL right now. I just something about him and the way he approaches the players in the media. I I really like the guy. But if I if I had to pick something off the team, whew. uh I'm gonna say uh Kulak. Mm, uh, I like that answer. There's nothing fancy about his game, you know, but guy puts his hat on every day, goes out there, gives it all. Um, I think I, I believe his his own exits are still very positive. Um, it's not somebody that you're going to notice, but, you know, people, if Darnell Nurse wasn't making $200 billion a year, it'd probably be him. And I, and I hate that I'm ragging on a brother like this because, you know, I, I love everyone who can take up space in this game. Uh, that's a person of color, but he makes too much for me to sit there and say, Hey, uh, that's, that's a, a bright spot. Cause I don't know if he'll ever earn that contract uh, or play up to that contract, but you know, too much of the focus is on him. It's on David. It's on Drysital. It's on Nuge. It's on Hyman. It's on Kane. It's on Stuart Skinner. It's on Jack Campbell. Like, like, and and rightfully so. Like, those those are the guys that were supposed to lead this team. Um, but you have a cool act there who's just going to settle things down. Um. You're not panicked or worried when he's on the ice. You know, he, it's, like I said, it's, it's clean exits. It's, he's not afraid to hit. 
Um, he uses his shot selection very well too. Like you're not going to get a lot of shots out of him. You're not going to get a lot of goals out of him. But if the, like the one thing that, that annoys me about defensemen of his variety is when they shoot pucks right in the player's legs and, you know, it's a two on one the other way. Um, so Cody CC essentially, <laughs> um, but you know, it's, he, he, he just compliments that back end. Mm-hmm. And I've wanted him on my team for half a decade. I like that. So yeah, break cool. Like he's, and he's- don't, Uh-oh. don't give nobody, nobody better give up on Evan Bouchard either. That's a gem. That's a top five to top 10 D in this league in two or three seasons. Do not give up on him. No, like no, Evan Bouchard. I, I, I know he's had he's had rough patches here this year, but man, what he's developing to offensively, this team cannot keep up on. I agree. Like he's been the a solid power play quarterback on that back end, and he will figure it out. He will get better. I'm a big Evan Bouchard stand. I love the kid. And you mentioned Bray Kulak. He is steady. He's stable. You know, you know, all your defensemen don't have to be flashy. They don't have to be the flashy looking mean demon. They don't have to be those guys you notice at every single shift. If they're stable enough, they just do their job and they and they reduce danger in their own end of the ice, it's good enough for me. And Brett Kulak is good at doing that quite often in his own end of the ice, Sebastian. Yeah, he's again, it's no, nothing earth shattering with him, but you can throw him out there as a stopgap in any situation mm. and you troubleshoot any issues that you may be having having and you know that he's just going to be a steady calm presence um you know i i think that you know when this team turns it around they're going to um he's he's just going to get lost in the shuffle because people are going to look at Eckholm and they're going to look at nurse and and those are your 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 players that are, you know, kind of your first tier. And then you got Bouchard, who's right there as well. Um, so, you know, in terms of defensemen, Kulak's going to get less and less love. But I hope that people just appreciate what he does do. Um, you know, he's that piece that everybody that's trying to make a push, everybody will be asking about him. Of course. Uh, you know, he's the perfect trade deadline partner because he doesn't eat up much cap at all. And it's just, it's such a simple game and too many players shy away from that. They want to be the star. They want to make a difference and make an impact without realizing that sometimes just playing your game and, and, and essentially doing nothing is a positive impact. <laughs> yeah. No, I cannot agree more with that. And Sebastian, we're going to wrap things up here on Game Over Edmonton. So where can people find you? Where can people find your tweet? Your comment. Where do people find? Where do people find you? Because one thing I love about you, Sebastian, you don't take no crap. You don't take no BS on Twitter. Because yo, if someone comes for you, you got a chirp locked and loaded for them twenty four seven every single day of the week, man. You always do. Listen, <laughs> not many people will admit uh, on live podcasts or YouTube or whatever we want to classify this as. Nobody will ever admit that their mom has punched them in the face and literally beat them in front of their friends. That happened to me. I was raised by a black woman who was raised in the sixties, who is a descendant of slaves. My mom didn't, my mom didn't raise no, no wimps. Uh, Not that there's anything wrong with it, 
Not that there's anything wrong with it, but I can tell you right now, all my friends are appreciative when um, they're with me because they know not a lot's going to happen. But um, no, you can find me on Facebook if you search there, uh, but I'm not going to tell the link because I don't know what it is. Um, Twitter, Seb Jackson 90. Um, Instagram, Sebastian Jackson.90. Um, I'm all over there. Uh, I, I'm I'm anywhere. You you find you just type me in the internet and you'll find me. Um, but uh, I do got a happy belated to Robert Malloy. Yes, uh, that's my boy right there. Um, and uh, well, I I think I think that's it. Should I should I promposal Liz Hode right now? <laughs> hey man, if you, if you want to, the floor is yours. Uh, I went to. I haven't been a pro. I didn't. I didn't go to mine. I didn't like it. <laughs> no, that's uh, that's where I am. And yeah, you know, if you're if you're gonna come at me on Twitter, you know, load up your load up your barrel because, um, I work from home. I have nothing but computer time. Yo, that's a scary thing. A man would come back nothing but time. Yo, come be prepared. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh. Anyways, gang, this has been game over. Edmonton, thank you all for tapping in once again with the boy Sebastian Jackson. I'm Avery Lewis McDougall. We are back on air on Monday when the, after the Oilers take on the New York Islanders. Have a good night. Stay safe. We are out of here. Oh, and like always, follow SDPN. Follow all of our content creators, all of our channels. Like, subscribe, comment. If you enjoy the show, share it. Later.